Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and joining us this morning, Executive Director Norma Mullican and Community Directions, Community Relations Director Missy Zivney with Refuge of Light. Missy and Norma. Norma, you're Missy's mom and uh, uh, Missy, you're, you and your parents were the ones who <laughs> founded Refuge of Light. So I guess that uh, covers everything as far as who you are and what you do. With all that out of the way, good morning. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And yes, you covered it well. Okay, thank you very much. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus. InFocus is uploaded to our website by the day after the show airs. Looking back over the last several years, this is maybe, I'm counting, the third or fourth time we've um, had you on the show. It's always great to have you back, and I know you're doing a lot of the same things that you've been doing all along, but some new wrinkles, and also we need to talk about how you've been affected by the pandemic. So we'll get to all of that in time. First of all, just for starters, what is Refuge of Light? Who are you? What do you do? And a little bit of history and background, how it all began. Okay, well, I can cover what Refuge of Light is, and I'm, I'll turn it over to Norma to kind of give you a, a, an update or a brief synopsis of um, our history. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, Refuge of Light is a faith-based nonprofit, and we provide education and awareness regarding child sex trafficking to our communities, and we also provide advocacy and aftercare for young girls who've been trafficked in Texas. Now, you'll read our mission. It says that we provide a safe home uh, in the form of what's classified as a safe haven, redemptive rescue, and restoration of female victims of domestic minor sex trafficking through advocacy, awareness, and holistic care. And I know we'll talk about those three different areas that Mm -hmm. we cover later in the show. So I'm going to let Norma tell you a little bit about our history and how how we formed. All right. Okay, seems like a long time ago, and -hmm. it was 10 years ago. um, Really, God put it in our hearts, my husband, myself, and Missy, our daughter, to open a home for victims, young girls who had been sex trafficked. And at this time, no one was talking about sex trafficking in the United States. They were hardly talking about it anywhere. But God laid that on our hearts, and we started working towards that goal and fighting almost every step of the way with state agencies, with everybody, because the people who were aware of it thought it only happened in other countries. Mm -hmm. So eventually we were able to raise the money strictly through God's help because we built a new home for the girls, um, six bedrooms, six baths, um, big enough for 13 beds. And um, the surprise there was when we got ready to open, the state said that my husband and I had to be foster parents in the home. We were going to be okay. a therapeutic, specialized home mm-hmm. for girls who'd been trafficked. And we had not seen ourselves in that role, but we thought, well, that's what we have to do. So for three years, we were the foster parents in the home. And um, one of the greatest experiences of our lives, the most difficult, <laughs> no to doubt. say the least, but it was so, such a rewarding experience. But after three years, we realized it was not going to be sustainable as a foster home. So we transitioned our girls out. They'd been with us for three years, and they were aging out of the system. And we relicensed as a residential treatment center. And um, that way it is run with staff. We have um, a treatment director, um, case manager, child care administrator, and direct care mentors that that work around the clock. And that's a more sustainable way to run the home. 
and that's where we are now. Very good. Norma Mulliken and Missy Zivney with Refuge of Light and Tyler, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. What population does Refuge of Light serve? I know we're talking about child sex trafficking. Let's narrow that down a little bit. When we're talking about this population, um, minors, our home is licensed for 10 to 17 years. So essentially a minor is um, 17 years and under, but um, our license is classified as 10 to 17. And these mm -hmm. are girls that have been victimized by child sex trafficking, exploitation. Um, when we talk about human trafficking, you hear child sex trafficking, domestic minor sex trafficking, and essentially that's the buying and selling of American children that classifies them as domestic, uh, 17 years and under, and that's for sexual exploitation. And a lot of people um, have the misconception that there actually has to be an exchange of money, but it's anything of value. It could be an exchange of food, um, drugs, housing. Um, even a child depicted in a pornographic image, by definition, is human trafficking. When, you, when you're looking at um, the legal definition of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting and very much worth knowing. I know in our news business, we'll have separate stories most of the time about sex trafficking and child pornography, and we rarely hear them connected in the way you're connecting them. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Contact information, um, P.O. Box 132703-TYLER-7713 is the mailing address. You can get a lot of the information we're going to be covering this morning at the website, which is refugeoflight.org. You also have Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube when it comes to social media. And the phone number that you'll want to call if you want more information is going to be 903-279-8769. That's Refuge of Light. Uh, now, who is actually at greatest risk of this um, child sex trafficking? Well, there are certain populations that are at greatest risk. That's runaways, kids who... Um, a lot of times there's things happening at home, abuse, they run away at an early age, um, and there's always someone waiting. They know where to wait, bus stations, malls, mm -hmm. outside of movie houses. They will um, wait for these kids and watch and see that they are alone and pick them up. Usually they befriend them. They, it's not like they just kidnap them off the streets normally. They Try to be friends with them, help them out, see if they need a ride, see if they need a meal, something. And then they just, you know, work their way into their lives and they think there's somebody that cares about them. And, you know, homeless youth, that makes them very susceptible. Children in foster care, um, children in foster care a lot of times run from placement trying to get back home or because they're unhappy in their placement. And um, kids who have been sexually abused at a younger age, that just kind of sets the stage and we see that so often with our girls um you know they were trafficked but then we find out there was sexual abuse you know early on in their lives mm -hmm. uh, how big is the problem and just from looking at the numbers uh, on the material you gave me before uh, we went to air it is a big problem let's get some of those numbers out there well it's a huge problem there was a study put out in 2017, actually it was updated in uh, January 2017 by UT Austin, and their research showed that at any given time there's 79,000 minors and youth in the state of Texas that are being trafficked. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at our states, obviously, you know, Texas is a big state in California, but they are the two leading states in human trafficking 
according to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So we've got a lot of work to do here in the state of Texas, and we are addressing it in in really um, significant ways, but there's still a lot of progress to be made. Mm-hmm. You talk about Texas, and I'm sure you still have, not as much as maybe a few years ago, but you still have that mentality, well, it doesn't happen around here. Well, it does. East Texas, and that's why you're in business. East Texas very much a part of the problem, right? It is, very much. And um, as Norma said, you know, kids in the foster care system, well, we have uh, an exponentially high amount of kids in the foster care system that, you know, <laughs> We affectionately classify them as our throwaway kids. And when we talk about trafficking, we look at three different forms, pimp control prostitution, familial prostitution, Mm -hmm. and survival sex. Well, the vast majority of our kids, and I would say almost all of the ones that come into our home, it's a product of familial prostitution, which it means someone in their family or extended family is responsible Mm -hmm. for exploiting them. Oh, my goodness. Now, why is this such a big problem? It's really a simple matter of supply and demand, isn't it? It absolutely is. When you look at how many kids are runaways in the foster care system, um, homeless youth, they're out there. And it's sad to say there are people who see that as a way to make money, to exploit them. And they know that if they can befriend one of these children, that they've got them. And it's such a... um, Gosh, it is so lucrative. Uh, they just, um, there are people out there, I can't even, I can't even find the words to tell you how mm-hmm. evil it is. But to buy a child and to use a child in this way, and we have, you know, there's people that will pay any amount of money. So when you're talking about someone wanting to make money, you sell a drug, that drug is gone. You get the money for that drug, and that drug's gone. Then you've got to go get more drugs. But you have a child that you have control over in this way. You can sell that child over and over and over again. So you can see why there's such a high demand and why the economics involved in this is just it's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And until we can do something about the demand and hit on that side of it, start really prosecuting the people who sell these children and the people who right. buy these children, right. we can't get control of this situation until that happens. It's got to start at that end. We can educate, and we do. We, we spend a lot of time educating people, going into schools, speaking to churches, and telling people but until we can control the demand, it's it's a problem that we just cannot get a handle on. Mm-hmm. Our guests this morning on In Focus, Missy Zivney and Norma Mulligan with Refuge of Light and Tyler. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus. Contact information, refugeoflight.org is the website. They have Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can call 903-279-8769 for more information as well. Other contributing factors, I know we've covered some of this. Maybe we need to go back over that and kind of flesh it out a little bit. Drugs, high-risk kids, pornography, those are all contributing factors as well. Right, right. And we, we educate, like Norma was saying, uh, quite a bit. We talk a lot about pornography, and that seems to be a taboo subject. Um, fortunately, the churches are um, really more awakened to the issue and um, forthright about it, speaking about it. And I think that's the biggest thing is um, talking about issues that we have in our society. 
this this truly is an entry into this world, this this portal into this cesspool. And I think until we, that's a topic that we can talk about openly, mm-hmm. that we have a problem. And, and I always let men off the hook and say, men, it's not you, just you. <laughs> it's women as well. We, uh, you know, it's going to sound old school, but, you know, every every kid has a cell phone now and the things that they have access to. And now that there is a drive for, a huge drive for child pornography, that just links hand in hand with the issue that we have with child sex trafficking. So many people don't make the connection that when you're looking at a pornographic image of a child, that is by definition child sex trafficking. And by doing that, you're propagating the problem. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. is the top producer of porn web pages. Yet another challenge for you all, I'm sure. It is, most certainly. Yeah. Now, how does Refuge of Light serve this population? We talked about this in brief earlier, and I guess you have three major areas. Let's start with the advocacy, the mentoring program, Brave Girl and all that. Tell us how all that works. Okay. we. Um, it started out really as our non-residential program because we, um, we have, our residential is our safe home, and so we had the opportunity to partner with uh, several emergency shelters in um, Smith County, and we would basically meet with them on a weekly basis. These are teenage girls who have been removed for their, from their home for a variety of reasons. It could be physical abuse, sexual abuse. At the time, we don't even know, but it gave us the opportunity to sit with them, to have a Bible study, to put our eyes on them, to um, just share a meal with them, and really give us the opportunity to take in some information and and like the beginning stages of um, identifying a potential victim. We've had the opportunity to operate this program now going, gosh, probably seven, eight years um, in the making. Now, the pandemic has had a great effect on that with our non-residential programming because we've had a couple of the shelters closed down. And then with, you know, the confinement and where we're not able to really be face to face. And so we really we thought at that moment, we're like, OK, well, this is a this is a program that we're providing to our community and um, to these girls in the shelter. But we need to be providing this as well as, a, as a, an added program to our girls in our home. So we provide that as well. We we take this program to them. It's it's filled with life skills, Bible study. We always provide a meal because scripturally. Um, that is the sacred time where you sit around a table as a family and a lot of these girls really have not experienced that much in their life. The walls come down and we have the opportunity to have real open conversations to learn more about them and they us. Mm -hmm. And it's called Brave Girl, correct? Yeah, it's based on the scripture, um, Psalm 31, 24, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. And see, these are some of the bravest girls that we know, Mm -hmm. the things that they have faced in their life. You bet. Missy Zivney, Norma Mulligan, Refuge of Light, our show this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims, refugeoflight.org, the website, phone number 903-279-8769, and social media. You've got Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to choose from. Uh, moving on to uh, uh, the second service you provide, this is education and awareness, and I believe this is referred to as traffic signals training. Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh Again, this is another thing that has um, been quite affected by the pandemic where we've, um, this has been moved more online or um, really we've had to, you know, 
pull the reins in a little bit on this, but typically we would offer this training um, four to six times a year. We offered it to volunteers. Um, that is mandated for any volunteer or staff that comes on board with Refuge of Light. But we also offer it to the community churches. Um, we get a request for that. We really prefer, you know, 10 or more. It is a four to five hour class, so it's very intense. Um, we provide the materials for that. And really we hit home the red flags, indicating factors, and educating our community, especially those frontline defenders who are our teachers, our people who are in leadership positions in churches because they see these children day in and day out. And if they don't know what they're looking for, then these children may go unnoticed for years. Okay. Did you want to list a few of the uh, red flags and indicating factors? So just anybody can maybe spot these and uh, uh, check in with you or with the authorities if they see anything suspicious. Yeah. Some of the red flags are a child that seems to have no control over their schedule. They are hungry or malnourished, chronically runs away from home. They make reference to frequent travel to other cities, frequent and unexplained absences from Mm -hmm. school, bruises, tattoos, withdrawn, depressed, fearful, children who are inappropriately dressed for the season, Mm -hmm. if they show signs of drug addiction, sudden change in attire, behavior, or material um, possessions. If you see a child that normally just dresses like everybody else and all of a sudden they have an expensive piece of jewelry or watch or usually it's more like shoes, tennis shoes that are really expensive or you know, could be a purse, right. and it just seems out of character for that child to have something okay. that expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, references to sexual situations that seem, you know, way beyond age-specific norms for a child. Yeah, you know, they're talking about things that you wouldn't expect to hear a child that age talk about. Mm-hmm. Or um, if they have a boyfriend, they start talking about, about a boyfriend and you realize this boyfriend's much older than they are. Ooh. I mean, normally, you know, we see kids. They have boyfriends that are 10 plus. We've we've had some that had boyfriends that were 20 and 30 years older than them. Oh, my gosh. And they're calling them boyfriends. And they're, you know, 13, 14, 15. But that's, you know, whenever there is a a pimp involved, that's what he wants them to believe is that he is a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And And he will give them expensive things. Or maybe they have a cell phone all of a sudden that they didn't have. They love to give these kids a cell phone so they can stay in touch with them. Mm-hmm. And there may so, be more, but let's move on. And I know that they can go to the website or check in with you in other ways if they want other yeah. examples. I want to try and get oh, this uh, uh, huge amount of information all in and in our 30-minute time frame to whatever extent I can. And there's so much more to talk about. And I think the next thing we really want to get to is if you suspect report, report, report. Uh, I'll go ahead and give out the National Human Trafficking Hotline. That's 1-888-373-7888. Or you can uh, make an online report at humantraffickinghotline.org. 
and also contact local police and anti-trafficking groups. And again, more information on that um, at refugeoflight.org or calling 903-279-8769 as we visit this morning on In Focus with Missy Zivney and Norma Mulligan from Refuge of Light. I'm John Sims. The third service you provide, this is the Holistic Care Safe Home Aftercare Programming, and that's really important because it doesn't all just stop by any means after they age out. No, and this probably is the biggest emphasis of the three arms that we operate is the safe home. This is literally all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. This home provides 24-hour care, and as Norma mentioned earlier, um, when it transitioned to a residential treatment center, we now are licensed for 13 girls. Mm -hmm. And while they're there, we provide all of their basic needs, food, clothing, shelter. Um, They receive medical care, counseling. Um, Our home uses a trauma-informed therapeutic approach, so we implement what is called TBRI, that's Trust-Based Relational Intervention, Mm -hmm. which if you're familiar with that, anyone at all, that was um, originated with Dr. Karen Purvis at TCU. Right. And really is focusing on these children's needs based on the amount of complex trauma that they've experienced. And uh, these children have experienced considerable (laughs) complex trauma. Oh, yeah. Um, We also, um, at the home, we have an on-site school so what that means is depending on the age of the girl who comes to our home if they're 17 we would really start working towards them getting their ged Mm -hmm. Um, if they're younger we would start work we would really work towards a high school equivalency for them Um, Mm -hmm. we work a lot on mentoring and life skills there's a lot of things that these girls just haven't experienced just simple things cooking um the very basic things that um we would just take for granted, you know, raising mm-hmm. our children. We want to provide them with all of those opportunities. And then we also provide other therapies like pet therapy, um, including equine and dog therapy as well. All righty. And the Refuge Safe Home, you tell us it's unique because although it's a residential treatment center, you do maintain a home-like environment by having a house mom as well as direct care mentors. And I know that piece of it is very important to you as well. It is extremely important. Um, I don't think there's a child anywhere that wants to be in a residential treatment facility. Mm -hmm. Every child wants a home, whether they admit it or not. So we're small, and we're small by purpose. And um, we, our home does not look like a treatment facility. Um, Always when we have caseworkers or licensing people from the state come in, they're always so impressed with how homey it is. And we've carried that a step further by having um, a house mom there, um, like a foster mom. And she's there just to be the spiritual person in their life, to lead them, um, guide them, uh, set an example for them, and just sit with them, listen to them, and be that, that substitute mom that they don't have. And that makes a huge difference, and it brings a whole different dynamic to the home. Mm-hmm. Big news. Celebrated the baptism of one of your girls on Easter Sunday. I'll bet that was a happy occasion for everybody. Yeah, it was It was incredible. Um, these girls, some of them have never even heard of the name Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have, although it is so important that we provide them the resources they need, just day-to-day skills, we never want to miss the opportunity to introduce them to Jesus. And um, one of these girls who who came to us uh, six, seven months ago, she 
gave her life to Christ. And this was not done by one person. We have volunteers. We have staff that have poured into this young lady daily. And she gave her life to Christ, and we were able to celebrate that on Easter Sunday. So it was a very (laughs) joyous event. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an eye-opener. When you're looking at needs in the arena of child sex trafficking, you've gotten really good at identifying and raising awareness. But uh, basically, I think what it all comes down to for this portion of the show, this uh, part of the discussion, is that there are so many girls being affected by this. And you and your colleague agencies, if you will, are only able to help a small number of them. And... Uh, there needs to be a lot more and there needs to be a lot more money as well. So let's talk about that and just kind of segue a little bit into how the community can help through funding, donations, and other types of things. Yeah, when you're, when you're looking at the, the research, the, the statistics, um, it says that 2% of victims are being rescued and everyone goes, oh my gosh, that's horrible. That's such a low number. But then when you really break it down and you do the math, if we're looking at 79,000 youth in the state of Texas that are being trafficked, and if 2% of them are being rescued, and I've done the math for you, Mm -hmm. that's a little over 1,500 kids that are being rescued. And we don't have near that many beds in the state of Texas alone. The state of Texas, these are 79,000 kids being trafficked in Texas. And if there are 1,500 kids being saved or rescued out of that situation, and we have less than 500 beds, we still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest problems, and we can attest to that, the type of home that we have, it requires an excessive amount of money to run it because of the staff that's expected to be on site and all the amenities that are provided for the girls it's, that is mandated through the state. Okay. So, yes, we do fundraising, 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 and that brings us to you know several campaigns that we have. We have our Freedom Fighter campaign, which is basically, um, it's similar to Compassion International, where you can um, support this ministry monthly um, less than, for less than a dollar a day. Um, you can become a Freedom Fighter after three months. That makes you eligible um, for a T-shirt and then just ongoing giving. And we have been very fortunate in that. We have, <laughs> we have some very dedicated um, donors who who completely believe in this ministry. Mm-hmm. And I Other guess, things that we can always use um, as far as in-kind donations, we can never have enough paper goods. We're talking about toilet paper, <laughs> paper plates, uh, paper towels. Those are always a necessity. Mm-hmm. They can also attend the traffic signals trainings. We talked about that earlier. You can become a volunteer. You have to go through a strict vetting process. And all this is on the website, of course, refugeoflight.org, as we talked to Missy Zivney and Norma Mulliken with Refuge of Light this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Um, And then you can attend ROL events. Speaking of which, and we just have uh, maybe another two or three minutes left, three or four minutes left in the show. East annual East Texas Giving Day coming up Tuesday, April 27th. You're going to be hearing a lot about that on the radio and other media. It's put on by the East Texas Communities Foundation. And here's the chance for you to talk about uh, Refuge of Light as one of the agencies that can benefit from the East Texas Giving Day. We are. And uh, as far as I believe, it is the sixth annual East Texas Giving Day. We've participated in it, I believe, five of the six years. Um, this is an 18-hour uh, giving event so it's all uh, hosted online. Mm-hmm. We are one of the beneficiaries. So you can go to org slash refugeoflight and find us. And they have a new um, 
an, a new thing this year where you can actually do a peer-to-peer fundraising event, and so mm-hmm. that's, that's really cool. So we encourage um, people who would like to support Refuge of Light to set up their own uh, fundraising page for us. And then we also have um, the Brookshire's Fresh 15 that's coming up May the 15th. Mm-hmm. And... and we've been chosen as a beneficiary for that. Um, and you can sign up for that at runsignup.com slash race slash tx slash tyler slash fresh 15 that was really long yeah but they can go to your facebook page if you want to make it easy on yourself right all that information is on your facebook page correct it is if if you want to just go right to those links and help out with east texas giving day or the brookshire's fresh 15 race and uh, you can also learn more about the race itself. It's gotten to be a big deal. Happens every year. Um, I think it was. Uh, don't remember if they had it last year or not. I don't think they did because of the pandemic. It was a virtual event. Virtual last event, year. yeah. But this year, back on. And uh, by all means, check that Facebook page uh, when you go to the website refugeoflight.org, and you can get all that information. Uh, about another minute or so left in the show, and I just wanted to. Um, uh, give you a chance to talk a little bit about the struggles you've had and how you're trying to overcome them. The, you, you've lost a lot of staff because of the pandemic, but I know you're working hard to get things back up to speed in that regard. Yes, that everybody has had their struggles, but for us, um, a lot of jobs, a lot of places went virtual, but we can't go virtual. We've got girls at the home that have to have staff 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a lot of staff about November that actually um, got COVID and, uh, you know, they were definitely positive cases. And during that time, we really struggled that we had office staff that had been trained for such an emergency to where they could step in. Mm -hmm. And then we had some volunteers that had trained. So we were able to stay open, um, keep the girls at the home and maintain, but we lost staff during that time too. Um, that didn't come back after yeah. they okay. got sick. So I, we're I, really trying to get more staff trained. Good, good. That's great to know. And we are just about out of time. I wish we had more time to talk, but uh, I know this has been very informative. Missy Zivney, Norma Mulligan, thanks so much for visiting with us today. Thank you. You bet. Thank Missy you. And Nor- you bet. Missy and Norma from Refuge of Light, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Thanks for joining us and see you again next week on In Focus. <laughs>